from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And when I heard their voices together, it was the first time I'd heard choral singing live in a room, and it was clear, and I, I had to turn away. I burst into tears. It was really, it was really emotional. It was really moving. Because we need that. We need that proximity. We need that vibration in the room and to be able to hear each other. It's almost shocking. Like the first time you put one of these on and you're like, wow, I'm hearing my voice the way I'm used to hearing my voice, which has never happened with a mask before. I'm Sarah Fenske. Let's be honest, singing through masks isn't always a good idea. They get damp, they muffle. But when singers at St. Louis University took the stage for their Christmas concert recently, they were both fully masked and they sounded great. Now, those singers had Stephanie Tennell to thank for that. Frustrated by the available mask options for singers, the St. Louis University music professor invented a mask designed to help singers and even broadcasters achieve perfect acoustics. Believe it or not, I'm wearing it right now. I never wear a mask on the air. I'm wearing it. I think you can't even tell. And so joining us right now with a story about this mask is Stephanie Tennell. She's an associate professor of music at St. Louis University, and she is the inventor of the Vocal Ease Mask. Stephanie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So you set out to invent a mask. Where do you even begin? Well, I began in a place of um, frustration. <laughs> um, you know, the pandemic was rolling along in the summer of 2020, and it became apparent that masks weren't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and we were ready to start getting back together and making some music. And I saw a need. Uh, it started with trying to find a solution for my students. So I could mm -hmm. come back in the studio and teach vocal technique at a high level. Um, and that's just not possible with the masks that were out there. So um, I, I didn't set out to start a company or build a, build a product, but I was just looking for a solution. And as we moved forward along the way, it became clear that there was a broader need for this beyond my voice studio. Yeah, I mean, there absolutely is. I mean, I I saw photos on Instagram of people at the Metropolitan Opera now wearing your mask. Exciting! I know. Yeah, so clearly <laughs> this is something the world needed. How how did you go about figuring out? Okay, here's the material. Here's the design. Sure, I started from a place of structure, so I knew it needed to be um, flexible enough so that it would stay in place during expressive jaw movement and speech and singing. Um, and then moving from there, I started researching different materials that had acoustic trans acoustically transparent properties and ordering them and testing them for sound. And then I um, teamed up with Dr. Andrew Hall at St. Louis U in the biomedical engineering department. Perfect and he, guy to team with. Just so wonderful. And so he, once I found materials that I thought were good acoustically and could hold a good structure, then he would test them for filtration and got to where we are with our choice of materials now. And then I teamed up. I don't sew. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I can hem something, but I don't sew. And so um, it was taking me hours and hours to make one prototype. So um, I was introduced to a wonderful local costume designer um, called Noelle Wagner, and she helped me pattern the prototype and really bring all these prototypes to life as we tweaked here and there to make it more comfortable and less bulky. And it needs to be 
big enough but not too big and things like that. And so we we moved forward and prototype after prototype became what you see and feel today. How many weeks did it take you from when you set out in earnest to, to try to build a better mask to getting to this point? Well, I started in July of 2020 and we were talking with manufacturers in January of 21. Okay, so I mean, that's not mm. terrible. I'm that's, sure it felt like a long slog. It felt like a long a long time, but at, at the same time, I had a full-time job. Um, I was overseeing virtual kindergarten <laughs> and working full-time at SLU. So you had two full-time jobs. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, uh, But in the sense of how long it normally takes a product to go from idea to uh, you know, manufacturing, that was pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Did you have a eureka moment where you were like, okay, wait a minute, like this is the material. This is how we're going to loop it around people's ears. Yes. So when I, the inspiration for this was actually um, the windshield for a microphone. I thought, okay, well, that's a foamy material. It's meant to allow sound to pass through and stop moisture. So I said, let's start there. And then kind of went down the wormhole of investigating different kinds of foams. Um, and then when I held it up and sang through it, I called my husband. And I said, tell me, what I, how, how do I sound? <laughs> Close your eyes and tell me if you can tell if I'm wearing a mask or not. And he couldn't tell the difference. And I thought, all right, let's move forward and have it tested. It's almost shocking. Like the first time you put one of these on and you're like, wow, I'm hearing my voice the way I'm used to hearing my voice, which has never happened with a mask before. You must have been petrified that this was not going to end up being good enough to stop viruses. Right. So I thought, well, let's see how it goes because, you know, you can, you can, my kind of quip was that, well, I can put a fishnet stocking on my face and I'll sound great, but that's really not a, a face covering, right? Right. Um, so our main goal was to create uh, what is called in the mask world a face barrier covering. So this, the purpose really is to stop source spread, um, large and medium droplets, but to have some level of aerosol mm -hmm. protection because especially with singing, we know um, COVID is aerosolized. And with singing and expressive speech, we're we're using larger volumes of air and big diction, and we're kind of spitting and spraying. Um, and so we wanted to find a material that would offer a good level of aerosol protection. Yeah. Well, this is just, it's amazing. What's also amazing is they're also washable. I mean, it's just, it kind of has yes. everything you'd want. <laughs> so you get this prototype. How did you go about finding a place to then manufacture them? That was challenging. It's an interesting product. It's not quite in the fashion industry. It's not mm -hmm. quite um, a household item. And so we went through quite a few manufacturers manufacturers who did some sampling runs for us and said, you know, I just don't think this is in our wheelhouse. Um, it would have cost just to manufacture at one place. I think it was like $23 per piece mm. just for them to sew it. And we thought that that won't get this at a price point where the public can have access to it. Yeah. Um, we really wanted to find somewhere that had that had the capabilities and that could do this in a way that we could put the price point so it would be affordable. So we found our way to um, the collective thread. And I'm really excited to share with you that these are all manufactured here in St. Louis at the collective thread, which is a nonprofit cut and sew collaborative, um, which trains vulnerable, um, offers sewing skills, trains vulnerable women and offers them financial empowerment by training them and hiring them to sew. So we have actually featured them on this show, the collective thread. They do amazing work. And how yes. cool that they are able to make this work. And they're able to do this at a price point where you're selling these at it's just a, a hair under $40. Yep. $39.95. We do offer bulk discounts. And then we also have an educator discount. Um, our company, so I, I, as I mentioned, I started this as, as a goal to just solve a problem and come up with a solution and help folks, right? Um, not to create a you know a mask empire, if you will. Um, and so my goal has been to structure the company in a way that has as maximum social impact as possible. Um, so we're committed to donating 
donating about one out of 10 masks we manufacture. We donate to local nonprofits and mm-hmm. artists in need. Um, so that's really exciting for us as well. Yeah, I mean, Stephanie, this is kind of amazing because you're coming into this just looking for a solution for your students. It seems like you got a crash course in building a business in so many different ways. And it hasn't come into like a failure story, like where you learn from these airs. This all actually worked. Does this almost feel like a miracle that we're here talking <laughs> with these masks on today? Well, I will tell you, um, it has been really challenging along the way. Manufacturing is really difficult. Sourcing materials right now is a little bit of a nightmare, to be honest. That's right. I mean, you have supply chains and all this Supply stuff. chain issues. We have to be ready to, we are constantly solving problems in the area of manufacturing to keep the product where it needs to be. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, there has been a huge learning curve because I really started this from zero. But that being said, we wouldn't be here without everyone who I've collaborated with along the way. Noel, Andy, everyone at SLU i and the IMT team, Barry Masiak, who's a social entrepreneur in residence at SLU, helped me structure this in a way so we could help as many people as possible. So this really is a project where a whole bunch of SLU experts came together, helped you make this happen. Absolutely. Boy, in our final minute here, I mean, it must have just been amazing to hear your students singing with these masks on and it worked. Yeah, the first time we did a video shoot um, to use to, to show, uh, promote the mask, um, I heard about, we had about 10 or 12 professional singers from around town coming together to sing for our video. And when I heard their voices together, it was the first time I'd heard choral singing live in a room. And it was clear. And I, I had to turn away. I burst into tears. It was really it was really emotional. It was really moving because we need that. We need that proximity. We need that vibration in the room and to be able to hear each other. And it's been exciting to see these being used all across the country now. Well, Stephanie Tennell, we're so happy for you. Thank, Thank you. you. This episode was produced by Sarah Fenske with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. It was mixed and edited by Jane. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.